Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 493, part two with Chef Stefan Bagardis. So I think that the idea of helping someone else, they're going to help you. And then together as a team, you are able to help others. I think that's ultimately the most beneficial part is it is beneficial to help other people and have them help you. But ultimately, that's where the ties start to happen. And that's where the I starts to become us. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. What's sorcery? Sorcery is AP automation, digital invoicing, and time and money saved. That's sorcery. Sorcery allows you to streamline and digitize your entire accounts payable operation. Digital invoicing backed with human verification will save you countless hours of work and increase AP accuracy. Say goodbye to your file cabinets and enter the digital world. Go to GetSorcery.com, that's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com, or call 1-866-830-0691. And if you mention Restaurant Unstoppable, you will receive 10% off your first three months with no setup fees. There is no time to waste in the restaurant business, especially when an opportunity comes up and you need extra capital. Cabbage created a simple, flexible way to get a line of credit of up to $150,000, apply online, and get a decision right away. Withdraw funds when you need them without reapplying. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses. Get started at cabbage.com slash unstoppable you can get a $50 gift card when you qualify that's cabbage with a k line of credit is subject to credit approval c terms and conditions all cabbage business loans are issued by celtic bank a utah chartered industrial bank member fdic yo what's going on guys so uh just wanted to let you know if you're listening to this episode it's the second part of a two-part episode i had chef stefan bagardis on the show on monday we're finishing up the conversation today because it was two hours long so when we left chef during the previous conversation the conversation was basically around how he started to turn his life around he he no longer was dependent on drugs and alcohol or whatever substance he was abusing at that time and he really started to focus on himself and start on this personal growth journey. And what we're about to get into is how his life started to turn around once he started to take the focus and putting it on becoming a better version of himself. So we'll take it from there. I'm happy you're going here. It sounds like this is where you really started the mindfulness of, uh, you know, and so many people don't start here. I think this is really worth starting. Uh, you know, people, you know, you got to put your head down, you got to do the work, but before you can ever go open your own place before you can ever, really develop a brand core values a vision a mission you got to know who the hell you are you got to know you got to spend time just with you inside yourself figuring it out exploring what matters to you um and you can never really create a reflection of what that is until you have the clarity of what it is so what did that process i think this is like i want to go through this process with you because i think we could all benefit from where to start and you know how to progress getting that clarity on who we are and what matters to us and just being mindful and uh, present. So what did that look for? What did that look like? How did you start this process? 
I started by asking myself what it was that I needed. And for a long time in my life, I thought that that was just a recipe that I could put the right ingredients in. But what, what I learned was that that changes. And what you need one day is not what you need the next day. And what you need one year is not what you needed the year before. So once I had this beautiful, like we had this great apartment, I had Sundays and Mondays, I had two days off in a row. That was crazy. We like had like, there was a break room that people ate in. There was like, there was just, it was this wide open space. I had the opportunity to meet new people I had the opportunity to work on myself and do a bunch of things that um, I really, really, really needed to. But it all started with like, what do I need? And then trying to figure out how to put that together. Yes. And then realizing that it's not always the same thing. Like some days I would need to wake up early and go to the gym and work out for a little bit and then go to work. There were other days where I needed to sleep in and there was other days where I'd wake up early and I'd need to go to work and then work out after work. You know, like there's, there's never going to be that one set matrix for, uh, this is what I have to do to be happy. There is this constant like cultivation of that feeling. So I like to call these the non-negotiables, right? We we spend so much time reacting to the world around us. We don't we go into situations where it's not the ideal situation for us. But before we can get into that ideal situation, we need to paint the picture of what that ideal situation is. What is non-negotiable? What what are the things that matter the most to us? And we got to write those things down and make sure whatever we're getting into, we're getting those things. If we really want to be living in a world that's balanced and, and intentional, right? Yeah. That's huge. Um, and I mean, some people call it the golden triangle. There's where like the three aspects of your life have to be in a particular balance in order for you to be like a, a your, your sustainable. What are the self. three aspects of your life? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to say, ah, oh, that's tough. Like, um, is it set? Is it like a, something that's like a, a chart that these are the three or is it, do you decide those three, those three factors of your life? I mean, unity service and connection to a higher power or did you just to, Google that? To, what's that? Did you just Google that? No, it's, it's, it's a well-known thing by certain people that share the same disease that I have. Let's okay. just say that. You know? Okay. So wait, hit hit me with those one more time. Uh, unity, service to others, and uh, a belief in a higher power or spirituality. Okay, man, we could get really deep here. <laughs> um, I'm just there's so many potential directions going right now. Uh, what what I what I do every day is I I nourish myself and I eat a, a certain way and I. I read books about the best way that I can fuel my body on a physical, emotional, and mental level. I exercise frequently. Um, I don't do the same thing. I do yoga, a particular variety of yoga called Ashtanga yoga, um, four to five days a week. I lift weights and I go on low intensity long walks and I have fulfilling relationships where I'm able to help others, which in turn help me. Um, all along this, I feel like I am not entirely in control and I relinquish that. 
and I, I don't know where my destination is, but I'm confident that I'm walking on a path that's bringing me to the place that I'm supposed to go. Mm. So I think that connecting that part of cultivating self-care, um, helping others, and then letting um, will and ego be as small of a, a portion as possible, I think is the way that I personally, for me, have found the greatest deal of success and ultimately joy. I want to go in this, this direction of why, why this order, right? Why self-care? Why then helping others? Why then letting go of the concept of uh, self and ego? So it's kind of like a circle where it starts with yourself. Uh, it, it goes on to others. And it when it comes back to yourself again, you need to let go of that. It's kind of like the, the circle that I'm seeing. So why start with yourself first? Why, why is it so important to start with yourself? So I think at this part of the conversation, we're going to get pretty paradoxical and we're going to both um, start to think a little bit more. But I think that it, it's a logical transition because when I'm interviewing a cook and I, I, one of the things that I look is I, I look at their hands and I look at their arms and if it's all burned up and scarred, I don't think that's very good. Um, because I look at that self-care component and if someone's not good at taking care of themselves, then they're not going to be able to take care of their team and they're not going to be able to take care of the people around them. And in order to do that, you have to take care of yourself then you have to take care of your team and then you have to believe that you're being cared for. Okay. I, so I buy, I I buy all that. Yeah. I think that that's why that particular order came up naturally for me. And I'll be honest, I, I, I have not really thought about that. No, like, I, I do think about this, but I've never like sat down and like broken it down like this before. <laughs> I'll be honest. You're such a good, you're so good at delivering uh, the imagery of in, in speaking that I, I'm getting caught up in the, the picture you're painting for me. Like I literally close my eyes uh, and listen to, to my, my guests talking. I, I try to paint the picture um, and then I kind of get lost in the image and you're really good. You're like, and I have really bad ADD. So I'm, I'm trying to stay with you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so absolutely you, you need to take care of yourself. You need to bring yourself up to the, a certain level because you, you will only be able to bring people to your level. You will never be able to bring people beyond your level. And as soon as they go beyond your level, that's going to be going out of your business to somebody else. So if you, if, if you're going to be truly great, if you're going to create a truly great restaurant. Like you need to be constantly working on yourself and developing yourself because you will never bring people up to your level uh, or beyond that level. So if you want a high level of, of uh, I guess performance, it, it starts with you and trickles down. Yeah. Uh, so the, the next part of this, uh, going back to others, I think we kind of already touched on that, but, um, I mean, have we, do you want to go deeper into the whole helping bring, making it about others? It just makes it not about yourself by making it about yourself. I think that like when, when it's, it's so much easier to do something for someone else than it is for yourself. And, um, I think that by, by helping another person is a way to make yourself feel good. And I think that that's so funny because by helping someone else, you're making them feel good, which in turn makes you feel good. And I'll be honest, I don't see where this could go bad. You yes. know, like I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in your own bullshit or like the, your own mindset of like, I need this or I need to do this. Where really, if you're asking yourself, what do you need? And then when you are able to facilitate that for somebody else, it automatically makes you feel good. I mean, that's the difference between dopamine and oxytocin. 
release in the brain. I mean, when you're doing something for yourself, you might get that little shot of like, oh, I feel good. But when you do something else for someone around you and there's that connection, it's, it's longer, it's more sustainable, and it brings you to a better place. I'm going to bounce an idea off you. So, and I'm, I'm kind of taking what you're sh- saying and trying to relate it to my own life. When I was growing Restaurant Unstoppable, as I continue to grow Restaurant Unstoppable, what helps me continue to press forward when I kind of have these moments of like uh, imposter syndrome and like who's going to listen to me and like uh, when I try to get over myself, I immediately just make it about other people. And yep. like, it's, it's not about me and what people think about me at this point anymore. It's about what can I do? I mean, I need to press forward. I need to keep showing up because I, I get these emails where people are saying this helps. And it's not about it's, it's, it's about service to others, creating this platform to give people like yourself a place to share what you know, to be true and in, in making the industry better. Right. So now that I have this mentality of, it's not about me. It's, it's about everyone else. I can get over my myself. Right. And go yeah. much further because I'm no longer thinking about Eric Cacciatore. I'm thinking about, we got to make a change in this industry. We got to share this knowledge. We got to make this information available to everybody. Is that kind of aligned with what you're sharing? I think that it's, it's like advanced team building in its infancy stage where I think when, when you do something for someone else, I mean, there's obviously that feeling of reciprocity where they're more apt to do something positive for you or for someone else as well. But it's also going to explain your core values and people are going to see that and they're going to be more apt to want to be a part of it. So I think that the idea of helping someone else, they're going to help you. And then together as a team, you are able to help others. I think that's ultimately the most beneficial part is it is beneficial to help other people and have them help you. But ultimately that's where the ties yes. start to happen. And that's where the I starts to become us. Yes, man. And honestly, to, to even bring it to the next level, it, studying the most successful restaurateurs, they understand that it's not about how far they can go. It's about how far they can take other people, how far, you know, surrounding yourself with people who've got what it takes and bringing it out of them and giving them opportunity and growing vertically. Right. And, and like the, the Mario Batali's and the Joe Bassianich's of the world, the Danny Myers of the world, like they're just creating opportunity and get, it's all about others. Like exactly what we're talking about. Not about me anymore. So well, what can I do for other people? And then when you do that, when you make it about other people, literally there is no limit. Yeah, man. We just came full circle. I love the shit. Um, so, and then actually to kind of wrap up the, the three, we talked about self, we talked about others and you talked about um, self again and letting go of ego. I don't know if we really touched on, maybe we did a little bit. Um, I mean, like ego kind of removes the ceiling then in that regard. If you, once you let go of ego, I mean, I think for me, the, I, the reason why I use the word spirituality and not religion is because I think that religion is kind of the destination and spirituality is kind of the journey where I think that the, the connection to the higher power or the, the relief of ego is where that like flame burns that keeps it all going. You know, because if you're doing something for yourself and then you take care of yourself and you help other people and other people help you, ultimately, like that loop will only go so far when it's being motivated by, um, unfortunately, selfish means. When you think that you're doing the right thing for a group of others, 
or for the greater good, you're more apt to, to be a part of something. And regardless how great you can grow as part of a team, that greatness will continue when you believe that it's in line with something larger than yourself or larger than your team. This is the mission. Like, uh, this is like why it's so important that we get the mission out, right? When we create a mission that goes beyond us. Yeah. I mean, it's like... The mission statement. I mean, for some people that's religious, but when you tap into those higher values, the higher purpose that you can find other people that have those same values that believe in the higher purpose, you can all pull in the same direction. Yeah. I'm loving this dude. So um, let's bring it back to, you get a call from uh, chef uh, Hayden's wife, Claudia Fleming. uh, And she says, Hey, um, what did she say? Um, it was actually from that girl, Cindy, that, um, I told you, you used up a lot of me some thoughts. I wouldn't tell you about it. She okay. used to work um, so I got a call. I was at work. It was in September, 2015. And I got a voicemail from Cindy who I didn't talk to very much, but like, it's nice enough. And I listened to the voicemail. The first thing I did was call Claudia and said, what could I do? Could I help at all? And she was like, would you be interested in coming home to help out at the restaurant a little bit? And I said, I'll be home on Sunday. And Why did you so, feel like you had to go back? You created a situation for yourself that sounded pretty ideal. What were you missing? Uh, well, the, it didn't work out with the girl. I thought that it was going to, and I was head over heels, 100% in being like, this is the right thing to do. And the part of relationship is just like what I learned with Jerry is it has to be amicable for both people. You know, I mean, if both people don't want the same thing, it, it, it doesn't matter what you want, you know? Yeah. Um, so things didn't work out with the girl. I got promoted. I, I had this beautiful thing. And I was like, my definition for happiness is taking pleasure in the elapse of time. And I could see that happening for my current situation. But also deep down inside, I felt as though I needed to make a change. But I had been waiting for a catalyst and didn't know what to do. And um, unfortunately, when Jerry passed away, Claudia gave me the perfect catalyst to make a major change. And so what I did was I think that I think it was on a Thursday or a Friday. And as I said, I was off on Sundays and Mondays. What I did was Saturday night, I got out of work and I picked my dog up at my house and I drove back down to Long Island and I met the owners and um, we talked that Sunday and we decided that I was going to move up to Rochester, hand in my notice and um, pack my stuff up and move back home. So this time um, you've, emotionally you took this time a year to get away to emotionally evolve to emotionally mature to get clarity on what matters to you um to let go of ego at this point you let go of ego and you're going back to a restaurant uh that you left because you wanted it to be about you and i'll be honest when i was doing my research on you trying to get paint the big picture of who you are what you're all about so i could prepare for this conversation i did notice that you know the the restaurant fork table and in doesn't really mention you still that much to, the, to this point. It's still very much about the legacy of Gary Hayden, which is nothing wrong with that. But how do you feel now? Even now that he's no longer with us, this is still very much about him and his legacy. How does that make you feel? Um, well, I think it's, always, I mean, it's, it's the story. It's factual. I mean, it, it's not my restaurant, you know? So I think that it's appropriate. I will also say that um, if you do a lot of research, like there's, it's, it's part of that team thing, 
where my, my voice is there and it's being heard, but it's not the voice, you know, mm-hmm. for a long time, he had the voice. So what is it now then? Um, that keeps you showing up that keeps you if the void before was that it was that you weren't getting the recognition that you felt like you deserve you wanted more spotlight um, you've gotten over that you've evolved beyond this what is it now that drives you what do you what is it where are you now today that lets you show up to this this restaurant that doesn't re- reflect necessarily you um, how do you keep showing up what, what's driving you to show up today uh, I really like the people I like where I do this. I like my community. I like what my days look like. I like how, like I could feel like you look at the food and there's such a strong progression. Like the food that we're doing, it's it's at a level that I didn't think that I'd be able to produce. And now like we just made this new dish yesterday. We, we were doing a bunch of R&D for it and it all worked out awesome. And it's going to go on the menu on Thursday. And I'm looking down at the plate and I was like, damn, that's a good one. And, um, like I didn't do everything on the plate. Like what was cool is also, it was the first time that I brought like my number two guy in the restaurant into like the full inspiration, conceptualization, execution phase of a hot entree. Usually there's like, I, I do a good deal of it and then kind of pass it off. But this was the first one where I was like, okay, we're going to do this with this and that with that and that. We're like being part of something so beautiful. It just feels right. I mean, I think that there's something to be said on a neurochemical level of that idea that you get in the pit of your stomach when you're, when you're doing the right thing. And that's, that's what gets me coming back. It's because that's what I feel when I'm at the North Fork table and it, it just feels right. Dude, and I'm loving this because you're validating what we just said before. It was about the ego, about you, about the recognition. And then you learned that it's about others. And I said, what do you like about the situation now? And you immediately brought it back to the people about this this relationship that you have with these people, this culture that you've, you've created of learning and, and communal of com, like contributing knowledge and, and bringing everybody in and growing as a unit, man. It's... <laughs> I, it, this is a, Did I just, a really fun day so far. Oh, a loss of words, huh? Wow. Uh, which is pretty impressive because you've been pretty good at just going this entire time, which I love. Uh, so one other thing I want to add to this, uh, which you mentioned way earlier, and I'm going to bring that to the surface now, which is the idea that you don't have your, you I mean, you have a team around you, but this is, this is the, uh, this is North Fork table and in team. You, recognize that if you're going to go out and do your own thing, you need to surround yourself with other people who have the skills and, you know, passion, desire, like we talked about earlier to contribute to the other facets of the business. You haven't put together that team. Is, is that maybe one of the reasons why you're still here? Because you're, you're still waiting to grow, learn more about food and develop your team. I do. I do believe that that's one of the reasons why I'm still doing what I'm doing. I also think that like my personal life is more beautiful than it's ever been. And that's a major contributing factor as to part of the balance that I've learned to achieve professionally is by having like, um, have you ever seen the movie Act of Valor? Uh, I may have. I've heard of it, it for sure. Like it's, it's the one it's about a team of Navy SEALs and like it's real life and they use real Navy SEALs and it. it's an epic movie. And like, they're just about to ship out on a mission and their, their team leader um, is going around and it's like, does everyone have their personal affairs in order? 
And they say, yes. And they're like, good, because that shit stays here. That stays at home. We don't bring that with us. And I feel like that's what I feel like going into work every day is it's like my personal life is rounded and balanced and whole. And then I go into work where I think that if I was looking like if I wanted to do my own thing right now, I have a good portion of that equation, but it would take too much away and wouldn't make it into a sustainable model where I'm confident that if I just keep kind of doing what I'm doing, eventually all those pieces are going to align and like I'm going to meet the right people and it's all going to work out and we're going to have this beautiful sustainable model that's going to bring us to the, the vision that I see in my head. But right now, like I think if I were to do that, it would send my like my regulatory systems out of whack. Hmm. Now I'm curious, uh, you hear it often. A lot of people, there's, there, there seems to be two schools of thoughts of, um, there's no such thing as, as work-life balance. And then there's the other people that say, you know, you got to separate work and life. You got to check life at the door and work is separate. Um, which, I mean, which side are you on? That's tough. I think it, it, it's 2018. There's a spectrum to everything, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I am, oh, that's tough because, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I pick up on what you're saying. Um, and I, I, I'll be honest. I tend to lean towards create a situation for yourself where you can't just, you can't discern between work and life because there's just life. You know, you wake up, you go to, you don't go to work, you go to life. And you love that life because you've created it, you, you've molded it, and it's what you choose to do because you're so intentional. Um, but at the same time, I hear what you're saying is when you when it's go time uh, to to perform and do the work that you do, whatever that work is that you choose, you've got to be able to turn off the emotion. You got to be able to turn off whatever it is that's in that other part of your life, so you can focus on being the best version of what you are. In that I moment. think that I could answer that question. Or, or to validate your statement by saying like how my Saturdays go. Usually I, I'm at work by around eight o'clock in the morning. I pull the station. I start working brunch with one other cook. We open for brunch at 1130 and then we close at 230. We also have a food truck on back of the premises that's 1130 to 330. And we use the kitchen as a commissary kitchen for a good deal of production. So there's a lot of crossover between the food truck and the brunch service. So it's, it's quite busy and there's always a lot to do. And we open for dinner service from 5 to 10. So I usually lead the team and it's rare that I leave much before 11 o'clock, which is a 15-hour day, which is a rather lengthy day, right? But between 3.30 and 4 o'clock, usually after the lunch truck closes, I take about 30 minutes and I take my dog on a walk. And I check in with my girlfriend and that little like 30 minutes is what I need. Like you can say that something's taken care of, but until you got eyes on it, you don't know it is where I think that like you could check your life at the door, but then what happens to your life as it's changing and what happens to your work as it's changing. And I think that there needs to be that reflection and vigilance on the movement between that those two um, aspects of life. So I think that like using the analogy of my day, I think that that's one of the ways that I do it is I give a lot of myself away, but I also, I, I make it really important to take even just a small amount of time to help make sure that those batteries get recharged. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I think a lot of it too is how we label work, the words we use to label the work we do. And I think if you remove the word of work, 
uh, you just get rid of that idea of work going to work, but getting in the zone because there's parts of your where uh, of your life. If you're living your life intentionally where you're not work, but you're just going to do the thing that you do. That's getting in the zone of the like the actual physical work you're doing. I'm using the word work again. It's probably getting confusing, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like you're not going yeah, to work. You're, you're going into the, you're getting into the zone. And in order to get into the zone to perform doing the thing that it is that you do, you got to check that shit at the door so you can get into this. You got to be able to get into the zone and you can't get into that, that, that state of mindfulness, the zone, unless you're, you check that shit. It, it needs to be cultivated. It doesn't just happen, you know? Yeah, man. I've been loving this conversation, chef. Uh, we've kind of got, we've come to current time. We've gone through the chronological journey. Of, well, that is your life. And it's been a fucking blast. Uh, but, is uh, part of the language. I don't know if you're a cursor. I just want to really get jacked. Up. I totally am. I'm trying to be on my best behavior. I don't know if you use the delete. I don't know. No, man, I, I don't I'm filter. Glad, like I tend to trust people who will drop an F bomb on a casual conversation. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that I'll, well, you'll get one out of me by the uh, end. I hope I've uh, garnered your trust. So, uh, <laughs> uh, anything we haven't hit that you want to hit on during this free flowing part of the conversation before we hit the speed round. Um, no, I just think that like just hit home the aspects of like self care. Do things like growth comes through weakness and uncomfortability. If you're good at something and you just do those things, that's um, a, a way to plateau. If you take time to look at what you're not good at or what makes you uncomfortable and you work on that. I think that that is the best way to progress toward the most genuine rendition of yourself. Yeah. Um, I think that too many people are focused on what they're good at. And I think that we should talk more about what we're not good at and what we're weak at. Because when you share that with others, there's a chance that maybe that's someone else's strength and they're willing yes. to guide you. Yes, yes, yes. I'm happy that's, that's where you close this, this, um, this train of thought because I, I believe and tell me what you think about this. I believe that we should uh, basically ride our strengths as far as we can until we feel like we've hit a place where we plateaued because hitting that vertical, that's how you become a, a person of value. That's how you attract onto yourself other people who aren't good at what you are good at. But you also need to, like you say, recognize those weaknesses and what you're not good at so you can identify who you can tag your ship, you know, you know, you can tag onto who is good at those things. So together as a unit, you're better, but you will never know if, unless you explore those things. Um, and then if you want to grow as a, a person, then, you know, once you've gone as far as you can with your strength, then start asking yourself, like, what else do I need to develop to really take it to the next level? Yeah. Um, I don't know. This has been a really great conversation, man. Uh, it's been kind of back and forth. It's been kind of open, kind of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking more than I usually do. And I apologize <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I really love this. So, uh, if you're all set, if we're if we're good to wrap up, uh, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and then we will hit the speed round. Love it. Everyone loves processing invoice after invoice. It's the best. <laughs> Not really. Just the sight of a filing cabinet is enough to make you sick, right? It doesn't have to be that way. With Sorcery, there's no more manually processing invoices by hand, and no more cutting check after check. With Sorcery, you can organize all of your accounts digitally, scan your invoices, and pay your vendors with just one click. It is easy. 
Sorcery offers fully managed accounts and statements reconciliation, so you no longer spend hours on the phone with your vendors and banks that stinks. You now have the peace of mind knowing your accounts are being taken care of, and you can get back to work doing what you love, running unstoppable restaurants. Go to GetSorcery.com, that's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com, or call one 6683006691 mention restaurant unstoppable and receive 10% off your first 3 months and say goodbye to your old filing cabinet and hello to the digital world with sorcery ap automation to be unstoppable most restaurants require a little extra capital from time to time it happens right uh, when you need funding to like renovate or buy equipment or manage cash flow you don't have time to just track down financial statements or wait weeks for a decision and that is where cabbage can help cabbage gives small businesses access to a line of credit of up to one hundred fifty thousand dollars and if you apply online you'll get a decision right away which is pretty awesome since cabbage is a line of credit you can take the exact amount you need you'll never have to reapply to take out additional loans and you only pay for the funds you use yeah, you're impressed, and I haven't even gotten to the impressive part. Cabbage has helped more than 130,000 businesses from every industry with over $4 billion in funding. Like, awesome. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and was named a Forbes Top 100 company not once, but twice. Check out Cabbage at Cabbage with a K dot com slash restaurant unstoppable and you'll get a $50 gift card when you qualify. That's Cabbage, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash restaurant unstoppable. Line of credit is subject to credit approval, C terms and conditions. All Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank member, FDIC. We're back. And the first question I have for you, chef, is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Meditation. Beautiful. What is your biggest weakness? Um, oh, that's a good question. My biggest weakness is I frequently reprioritize. And what I think is important, I, I sometimes adjust, and I think that that's a weakness because sometimes it's self-care, sometimes it's work. Like I look at the whole picture and I say, oh, I'll do that after I do this where I should have done the first thing. How are you combating that? <laughs> try to not do it as much. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, try, like, try to rely on those instincts. You know, The instincts have brought me to where I am. But sometimes I second guess them. Cool. Uh, what's one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? You kind of already shined some light on this earlier. Yeah, I, I talk about what people like to do outside of work. I ask them, uh, my interviews are so weird. Like, my man, when I open up with a new cook or potential employee, like, I don't think that they're ready for what happens. Like, we sit down and I like to throw, like, Random questions like, oh, what do you like to eat? How do you do this? How do you feel about that? Rate your scallop on a scale of one to 10. And it's like, I just like, I'm all over the place. And I think that it creates an open dialogue. So what I like to do is I don't really care so much about the skills. I care more about the morals and I care more about the like, the, the person behind it. Because I'm not able to teach the people the skills, but I try to figure out how bad they want it. What's your biggest challenge today? 
staffing. How are you dealing with that challenge? Um, we have done everything from open lines of communication with uh, the town economic development society to try to uh, uh, get more affordable housing. Um, we are active in every culinary school career fair. Um, anytime that we could talk about what we do and what our mission statement is and what makes us tick. Um, like I got a new cook or at least I, I, tried to hire someone when I was buying sunglasses because I was talking about food and it turns out they were a cook. And I was like, all right, this sounds serendipitous. Come work at the restaurant where like just constantly full court press. Like, do you want to do what I want to do? I want to do what I'm doing. You know, you, do you want to do it too? Let's go. Like, let's go have some fun. Sick. Um, I lost my train of thought. I was so lost in what you were saying. Uh, okay. Share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. Uh, seven o'clock mid shit on a Saturday night. You don't know what to do. Your priorities are going crazy. You just put out a big onslaught of tickets. You cleaned out your spoon banes and your stations clean. You should do a 40 meter sprint and you should reconnect with your breath and it resets your neuropathways. It's one of the ways that I think that we perform at a high level in sustainable fashion is by encouraging um, at peak performance, small um, spouts of brief but intense physical exertion. That's not our main focus. And what that does is I think that it, it, it takes you away from those blinders and it connects you to your center and it helps you see the whole picture greater. So if when you are performing at your peak levels, if occasionally you put it down and you do a short but intense physical exertion, it will make you perform better. So if I'm a guest coming to your restaurant at 930 on a Thursday night or a Friday night, maybe 10 o'clock and you're still open, maybe not. Um, but I'm just coming for a nightcap and it's after the rush. Is it possible or likely that I'll see somebody dressed in all kitchen whites doing a sprint along the side of the, of the, 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 the building outside? Is that something I would see in your restaurant? Yes, That's pretty awesome. regularly. I like to do handstands in the parking lot. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, share one uncommon standard of service that is common within your four walls, but not common within the industry. Um, it's all about the solution, not the problem. Someone, I, I want to think that we're perfect and I want to think that our, our food is perfect and it does not matter because I am not the one who's ordering it or paying the bill. So if and when something comes back into the kitchen or someone wants to modify something or add something to the dish, um, just say yes and do what your guest wants. And to um, if something comes back, don't say, well, did you, uh, did you put in the right temperature on that steak? Did you tell people that it was going to be red and warm in the middle at medium rare? Or did you say pink? Like, just shut up and put it in the oven and cook it to the right temperature. Like, I have zero tolerance for any form of combative behavior. Like what we do is we, we're here to maintain a service standard and our guests, um, we, we uphold the standard. And when we fall short on that standard, we give the guest control and we, we try to make it right as soon as possible. What's one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant operator? I mean, if you're not saying Remarkable Table Service by Danny Meyer, I feel like that's like the intro book, right? You that say is Mar the, like, Remarkable Table Service by Danny Meyer? Yeah. 
are you talking about setting the table or is he have another book that I uh, do not know? Set, about? No, no, no. Setting the table. I was going to say, how is that not on my radar? Uh, okay. Keep that, going. <laughs> yeah. Setting the table. And there's another book that I've been, my, my girlfriend's a, a, getting her PhD in psychology. And so our, our reading has gotten pretty in depth and we're going deep. Um, but there's this one book by um, Charles Spence called Gastrophysics. He's an experimental psychologist at Oxford, and he did a lot of work with Ferran Adria and Heston Blumenthal on um, studying um, experience at the restaurant. And it has helped me a lot. Gastrophysics? Um, it's called gastrophysics. It's actually a scientific term that studies the uh, experience of dining in a restaurant. Oh man, that is not on my radar and I'm happy. It's on Audible's tool too. It's really cool. It talks about how like the weight of your silverware influences the guest perception of value and how like taste is used as an identifying feature between the palate and the brain um, where aroma is more attributed to the creation of memory. So if you like, if you taste something and it's off, you're going to be more apt to reject it or accept it as to where when you smell something, it's better to create a memory. So we've been incorporating um, aroma or scent into the dining room, which is one of the reasons why like charred rosemary stuck in a steak was such a big fucking thing for so long because the it makes people smell that rosemary and they're like, oh my God, it smells like Christmas. This is amazing. And then they remember that experience and they want to recreate it where it's taught me how to manipulate the experience that guests um, sometimes expect or sometimes um, we surpass the expectation um, because of actual neurochemical or physiological tricks that we're able to play on people who's the author of this book i'm trying to find it like name is charles spence charles spence i gotta get this guy on the show you got me so intrigued right now i'll I'll find the book eventually but um, yeah gastrophysics it's on audibles in uh, both these books, Danny, Danny Meyer setting the table and gastrophysics are on Audible. So if you head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash books, you can find the book over there. If you head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable and you are not an Audible member, you can become one. You get your first book for free on Restaurant Unstoppable if you use that link and it will change your life. We don't have time to sit down and read in this industry. We got to listen and learn while we're on our feet and that Audible makes it possible. So any thoughts on what I just said? Um, uh, I'll be honest. If you, I started reading, uh, I, I started using Audibles about two years ago and I probably read at this point this year probably about 30 books. Oh my God. It's a game um, changer. I, because I'd go back and forth to New York city a couple times a week. So I listen to it in my, I have Apple CarPlay in my car. I don't listen so to music I, anymore. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and I just think that again, like having access to that book, gastrophysics by Charles Spence has made me better at what I do by driving back and forth into the city because I hear about things and like, um, Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu put a book called um, um, The Book of Joy. Um, reading that has changed my mentality. So yeah. I think that the, the benefits, I'm very much an auditory learner. So audibles for me has been phenomenal. Yeah. And um, I, ca- I can't uh, express my support enough for that structure. And I'm going to say it again, audibletrial.com slash unstoppable, just because I need your support. This is a free podcast and that's how I feed myself. So no shame there. Uh, share an online resource or tool you go to, uh, to, I don't know, do anything. It could be a, a blog or a, 
community, anything you want to share with us? Oh, that's hard too. I mean, or a podcast restaurant unstoppable is a pretty great one everyone should listen to that that wasn't what i was going for but i'll <laughs> but it works doesn't it what's um, one, do you want to add something or i can get to the next question um no i mean i think that that's really pretty good i mean it sounds stupid but i it, like instagram i use a, i do a ton of stuff on instagram and i cannot begin to describe like it is my personal account but how much it benefits me professionally is immense okay so i I can't just let you say instagram you gotta tell me something you do that has been helpful in growing your followership or just uh using that tool to its best ability i like to explore opportunities by looking at pictures and other people's current works or inspirations whether it's on social media or on the internet or anything along those lines, I think that seeing what others are doing around me um, can be very uh, beneficial toward figuring out what I do or don't want to do. Finding inspiration. Yep. What's one piece of technology you've adopted within your restaurant and how has it influenced uh, operations? I'm talking POS systems, reservation systems, or maybe even back of house technology that you're leveraging that's making you more profitable, uh, efficient, communications going up anything like that uh i can't begin to describe how much social media marketing has influenced the the business and restaurants as a whole um i think that what people can do on their phones now is amazing and um i think it it, like it really 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 benefits business whether it comes from just marketing or actually like um selling products um I think that social media marketing is changing how restaurants do business. Is there a tool you're using uh, to be better at social media, um, uh, like a Aweber or a, a, a dashboard or a, or even a consultant that you've gone to to be better about social media or a resource you've gone to to learn about social media? No, just talk about it. I mean, people who know more than me generally are pretty vocal about it. So I just keep my ears open and mouth shut sometimes. Got you. All right. This is the last question, chef. Are you ready for it? Let's do it. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work and your restaurants would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom, things you could be, things you could leave behind that you know to be true for the good of humanity and for your legacy, what would they be? Uh, I like to always say, shoot for the stars and settle on the moon. Um, remember, it's a gift. That's why it's called the present. And to try to be your best self. Chef, thank you again so much for taking the time to share your journey, to share your advice, uh, to make us all just a little bit more unstoppable uh we wrap up every conversation by calling somebody out that's how i found you i believe it was ian redshaw that put you on my radar yeah he's my best friend in college he's an awesome dude i've known him for yes dude amazing dude um who's somebody you admire somebody that you look up to in this industry somebody that you would believe would make a great guest mentor like you made for us today um, I'd love to reach out to him and see if he's interested. His name is Andrew Whitcomb. He was formerly the executive chef of Restaurant Norman in Greenpoint, Brooklyn for Klaus Meyer. And he now, I'm not entirely sure his exact 
position, but I believe as though he's a sous chef at Petit Curren in San Francisco for Dominique Curren. He's an extremely talented individual, and every time I've tasted his food, bite after bite is memorable. But he, too, is extremely um, articulate and um, intelligent and talented and educated. And um, I would like to know more about his source of inspiration, and I'd like to know some of his answers to these questions that you asked me. Uh I had the worst short-term memory. Can you say his name again for me? <laughs> Andrew Whitcomb. Andrew Whitcomb, look out. I'm coming after you. And let the folks at home know if you want to connect, follow your work, follow uh, everything about you. What's the best way to connect or social media and stuff like that? Um, my, we are at NorthForkTableAndInn.com. You could find us on Facebook, NorthForkTableAndInn, or at NorthForkCable on Instagram. Um, my personal stuff is Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-A-N period b-o-g-a-r-d-u-s um at gmail.com for any resumes or staffing inquiries and i'm on instagram at at stefan s-t-e-p-h-a-n bogardus b-o-g-a-r-d-u-s um and just follow us like us do whatever you want but ultimately come out to dinner and have some food i'd love to have the opportunity to cook for you Dude, I think I'm going to have to come down. Um, really connected well with you. I would love to continue the conversation someday. And if you head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash Stefan Bogardis, uh, I will have um, the links to everything we shared today uh, and a summary of today's discussion as well as how to connect with Chef over there. Chef Stefan, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story again. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you so much, sir. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And I can't thank you enough for the opportunity you provided us today. Cheers. All right. So that wraps up part two of this two part interview. I hope you guys are uh, glad that I broke that sucker up for you. Uh, but some great stuff, some great energy, some great advice, some great hard lessons learned, uh, you know, from this story, things that uh, we can let other people figure out. So we don't have to make those same mistakes in our own life. I think the big takeaways for me in this conversation, the second half of this conversation is that uh, really uh, the, the real joy in this industry comes out when you start making it about other people. When you take all the attention off of yourself, you make it about how can I help these other people? How can I exist to serve other people? But the, the catch 22 part of that is you can't take care of other people until you take care of yourself first. So you really got to make sure you're setting that time aside for you uh, and, and block it out. Make it happen. Do whatever you can to get that mental health, to get that rest that you need, to get that clarity that you need uh, and really be attuned to why you do this work you do and what drives you and once you figure that out you can help figure you can start helping other people figure out you know what drives them uh, but great stuff today let me check my notes make sure there wasn't anything else I wanted to talk about yes uh, yeah you gotta find out what it is that drives you I just uh, yeah. anyway uh, guys if you want to reach out to me the best way to do it is email eric at restaurantstoppable.com you can also connect with me on instagram and twitter that's eric Cacciatore, e-r-i-c-c-a-c-c-i-a-t-o-r-e just like chicken in and on facebook slash restaurant unstoppable i do love hearing from you i do love it getting new prospects on my radar i love hearing your challenges so i know how i can best serve you all these things are beneficial for me so i am listening please do reach out to me keep those five-star reviews on itunes and stitcher radio coming they help so much uh the best way to support this sucker guys is just 
simply by sharing it. If you know anybody who's aspiring to be great out there, put this podcast on their radar. You are the average of those you spend most of your time with. And with this podcast, Restaurant Unstoppable, you can spend your time with the best in the industry. You will be the average. And then lastly, guys, uh, I'm now accepting a one-hour coaching call. So if you want to brainstorm, if you're hitting a wall, uh, if you want help connecting with a past guest, or maybe, I don't know, you just you, you need someone to talk to. You need to get some affirmation that you're on the right path. I'm here for you. Over 500 interviews recorded. I've got an idea of what it takes to get to the same place that my, my guests have brought to so if you want to get to that same level, if you want to become unstoppable, I'm here to help you out. And uh, I think that's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.